0: Great to see you this morning, a special welcome to our friends from from Philly, Uh, Tim and Mike, if you haven't said hello to them please, please do, (laughs) they came actually, they were telling me they came all the way here just to to hear me preach, so fair play. (laughs) Okay, we're going to look at uh, Mark chapter 6, just a small passage this morning, a familiar passage, and forgive me if it's not as coherent as usual, because I can't find my notes, but all part of God's plan, I'm sure, Uh, Mark chapter 6. Verse 45, and this is <clears throat> taken just after the, uh, the feeding of the 5,000, I think it is, um, with the five loaves and the two fish. Mark chapter 6, verse 45. Okay. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at, at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fort watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them and the wind ceased and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled for they had not understood about the lows because their heart was hardened. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. And when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognised him, ran through the whole surrounding region and began to carry about on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. Whenever he ent- wherever he entered into villages, cities or the country, they laid the sick, in the marketplace and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched him were made well father we thank you for your word it is good news to us lord and father i pray lord um, that we'll be encouraged this morning by your word amen So this morning um, we're going to look at the, the remedy, the remedy for a hard heart, remedy for a hard heart. One of the, one of the biggest problems today <coughs> uh, facing humans in general is, is heart disease. And in particular, um, people younger and younger are getting um, having having heart problems. Um, It's a it is a combination of things um, that is causing them. But one of the main causes of of heart disease or, or heart attacks is what they call the calcification of the heart so essentially the heart gets hardened by uh, an increase in, in, in presumably calcium into the heart so the heart is soft the, so- the heart is a heart of flesh as it talks about in the bible it's soft tissue um, but many heart problems are, are occurring because the heart is hardening Uh, through unhealthy living primarily and calcification. Um, I was talking to to our our American friends this morning and they said they had an Irish breakfast and certainly if you have a lot of those you're going to have a hardening of your heart. And one of of the the big problems with this is that it, it goes relatively unnoticed Until it's too late so if you don't get your heart checked you mightn't realize that your heart is hardening until you have a stroke or a heart attack and uh, so it's very important to get your heart checked it's also very important to look at your lifestyle and look at your your diet And of course, in the Bible, we know the analogy is, is throughout the Bible um, of, of a hardened heart. Obviously, it's not talking about the physical heart. It's talking about our spiritual heart. But the, the comparison or the illustration is, is very, very apt. And so this morning, we just want to look at that issue of the hardening of our hearts, and see what we can do um, to avoid that. So, in a sense, this morning it's a bit of a it's a bit of a warning for us, but also hopefully an encouragement to us as well. And certainly, as many times when I get up here, it's a, It is definitely I, I'm talking, I'm preaching to myself. The more I read this, the more I realize um, how relevant it is uh, to me. And it was great to hear Ina uh, sharing from, from the Church in Chains the fate of, of, um, of that, that woman in, in Eritrea, uh, Twen, who uh, even I know as, as a family we, we had prayed for, um, and I'm sure many of you had prayed for, But it was also a cautionary tale, I think, to hear so many of the pastors and other Christians who kind of fell by the wayside when push came to shove. And it certainly spoke to me. I could relate to them more than I could relate to to Twen, to be honest. And um, in these days that we live in, we need to make sure that we are ready we need to make sure that we have a soft heart. So Jesus had, had fed the five thousand with the, uh, the five loaves and the two fish. And immediately, immediately after that, he sent the disciples off on a boat to go to the other side of the sea. And meanwhile, Jesus himself, uh, he dispersed as well as dispersing the, the multitude, all the, the, the five thousand that they had fed. He went up uh, to the mountain on his own and to be on his, on his own and we know not from that passage, but we know from other passages. He went up on the mountain on his own to pray and then it was the fourth watch of the night um, when he saw them straining. he saw them they were rowing away, as we know in Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, the storms can come up very quickly. Just like that, they can, they're known to come up very quickly, and, and they, were, they were rowing. Perhaps they, were, they had been anticipating a storm, and so they were trying to get to the other side of, of, the, of uh, Galilee, but despite all their efforts, um, they faced the faced storm and what was their immediate reaction when they saw Jesus well they didn't re- they didn't recognize him first of all they didn't recognize Jesus they thought they'd saw a ghost they thought they, they saw a ghost and uh, of course Jesus says be of good cheer immediately he saw that they were afraid and he said be of good cheer it is I do not be afraid and um, I don't know if that allayed their fears or not. But what did allay their fears, I would say, was the fact that the wind and the storm ceased. So we see here Jesus in the midst of the trouble that the disciples are facing. One, he could see them from afar off, which is probably super, super power in terms of his sight, especially in the middle of the night. Two, he... Walked on water. And three, he calmed the wind and the seas. And it was the fact that he was able to do all those things was pointing to something else, wasn't it? It was pointing to something else that he was able to say to them, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And what what was it? What was it? That those three facts about this story what was it what did it point to well whatever it was it was the same thing that Jesus was illustrating that day beforehand before they went on the boat and whatever that was the, disi- the penny didn't drop hadn't dropped yet for the disciples It says in in verse 52, for they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. So what was it that they had not understood? When Jesus um, performed the miracle of the loaves and the fishes, he was pointing to his divinity it was pointing to the fact that he was looking after all the the physical needs, not just the disciples, but of the multitude. But more than that, it was pointing to his divinity. It was pointing to the fact that he was the son of God. And obviously, if he was the son of God when he was doing the loaves and the fishes, he's still the son of God when they're in the boat And remember, who sent them out on the boat in the first place? It was, of course, Jesus. Jesus sent them out on the boat. Presumably, they were going across the sea to to reach um, the the, the population on the other side of Galilee. But the disciples did not make make the connection that Jesus was the Son of God, even though he had performed that miracle just beforehand. And the reason... A reason that they did not make that connection was because their hearts had been hardened their hearts were hardened and so it's fascinating isn't it when you look at the disciples or you know we, we look at them and we go they're, they're some shower aren't they they are some shower those disciples they, they just they really are uh, as we say here in our they're tick they're, they're, they're really tick <laughs> you know they just don't get it do they and we can look at them and, and kind of laugh at them and uh, i have seen some of the chosen and, and they're portrayed in that you know and you know as being you know they can be quite tick they just don't get it but this story is not given so we can laugh at the disciples it's because it's so that we can see ourselves reflected, because we are very much like that. We're really thick. We really don't get it uh, sometimes. So their heart was hardened. Contrast that with what happens next. Jesus gets into the boat. Storms uh, storm abates, and then they drop anchor at Gennasaret, which is in the northwest of Galilee. Northwest is the Sea of Galilee. And what happens when they, when they drop anchor there and they get out of the boat? Immediately, the people recognized Jesus. They recognized him straight away. And not only did they recognize him, but they ran throughout the whole villages, around the region, bringing their sick on beds and wherever he went in the marketplaces they'd be there with their sick and they were dying just to, to touch the hem of his garment so when the disciples saw Jesus walking on the water they didn't recognize him physically they thought he they thought he was a ghost but spiritually they didn't recognize him either spiritually they didn't recognize who he was the son of God contrast that here with the the population of Genniferet the region of Genniferet they recognized them both physically that's Jesus and spiritually that he had the power to heal So what's the difference? What was the difference between those, the Gnasarites and the, the disciples? What was the difference? The Bible doesn't say exactly, but we do know, we do know that um, Jesus, when he was in Nazareth, he could perform hardly any miracles. Performing hardly any miracles. And he quoted um, the scripture saying, A prophet is not accepted in his own town. So they were familiar with him from Nazareth. They saw him, said, Isn't he Joseph and Mary's son, the carpenter? And he was able to perform very few miracles because of the lack of belief the lack of faith there and their hearts were hardened toward him similarly the disciples hearts were hardened and we know in Israel as a nation Israel as a nation had very much hardened its heart towards God over many years and the writer to the Hebrews he says Do not harden your hearts. Do not harden your hearts. As they did. In the wilderness. In the day of rebellion. And that day of rebellion. We know was when. The Israelites came. To the edge of the promised land. The spies were sent in. the Twelve spies. And ten came back. With a bad report. Focusing on the giants. And two came back with a good report, Caleb and Joshua. But it was because of the hardness of the heart of the ten, they did not enter the rest, God's rest, the rest that God had for for the, for the Israelites. So the disciples, even though they had seen the miracles, even though they'd been with Jesus, our hearts were hardened and it's um, it's, a, it's a good wake up for, for each of us I think we have God's word we are Christians we hear God's word every week we have fellowship the question is are, are our hearts hardened now obviously in, in Gennazareth there was a lot of fate. People had fate. And the question is, well, well where did that fate come from? And we know we know in in, uh, in Romans, what does it say? Fate comes from hearing. Hearing what? Hearing from the word of God so we know if we want to build up our faith, we need the Word of God we need the Word of God I don't know about in your house but if you've got kids around this time of the year um, <coughs> a lot of the talk is is around Christmas lists and what they want to get for Christmas etc all right and our, our children are, are no different. <laughs> they have a lot of faith because <laughs> they have more faith than I do in terms of, given the budget that we have, you know, they're expecting great things. And what is, the, what is their faith based on? The Smiths toy catalogue. They look up the catalogue and they see, oh, this, 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 and this. And it builds up their expectations. The marketing campaigns... On, on the tv or on youtube builds up the expectation that they can have this that this is attainable and it's human psychology isn't it you know if you keep if you keep getting the message the positive message you're going to start visualizing it start believing it okay regardless of the facts and in their case <laughs> The facts are, might, be, might be quite different. <laughs> um, but, but the point of it is, if you dwell on something, if your mind dwells in it, um, it, it, it you can start seeing it in your mind's eye. And so it's no, it's no different with the word of God. Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. If we surround ourselves with the word of God, it's going to build up our mind. Whatever is pure, whatever is praiseworthy, what is is excellent. Think on such things. Meditate on such things. So the word of God builds up our faith. There's no doubt about it. Okay, And because we need it. Because obviously we're, we know we're bombarded with everything that, that is, sets itself up against the knowledge of God. All the arguments. We're bombarded with those. So we need... Uh, God's word to build up our faith. How and ever the disciples were with Jesus, he would have been preaching with them and to them. They were on the mount, the sermon on the mount. They heard a lot of the word. The Israelites To harden their hearts. They were the custodians. The guardians. Of the testimonies of God. And yet. And yet. Their hearts. Were hardened. So while. while Even though we do need. The word of God. We need to have faith. Like a little child. Don't we? We need to have faith like a little child we need the word of god that will build up our faith but it's not the only thing that we can rely on and we need to look to the israelites and look to the disciples and see how even though that they had god's word their hearts were still hardened jesus often said, "You are forever hearing, but not understanding. You are seeing but not perceiving." And he was quoting Isaiah. So even though the Israelites they would hear the word of God, they didn't understand it in their hearts, even though um, they saw, if they saw the, what God had done, the deliverance from the Red Sea, deliverance from babylon etc they didn't perceive what god was doing john chapter 5 jesus rebukes the religious leaders John chapter 5, verse 39 and 40. You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they that testify of me. So the Scriptures testify about Jesus. So it's good to search the Scriptures. Jesus is not rebuking uh, the religious leaders for Searching the scriptures because they testify of Jesus. You search the scriptures for in them you have eternal you, you think you have eternal life, and these are they that testify of me, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. You are not willing to come to me that you may have life. So they searched the scriptures in the hope that that would give them eternal life. But it was the very word of God that was testifying about Jesus. The very word of God that was testifying about Jesus. And they weren't willing to come to Jesus. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God is living and powerful. Calvary has traditionally had a strong and rightful respect and um, esteem, given esteem to the Word of God. If you like, it's one of the distinctives of, of Calvary. Uh, chapel and that is to be um, commended but the the scriptures in itself the scriptures in itself will not give you eternal life the word of god is living it is living Gennesaret's, if that's what you can call them, they had faith. Where did their faith come from? They would have heard about Jesus, about the miracles that he did, and they came to him. Their faith came from Jesus. John chapter 1, Verse 1, we know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, was with God, and the Word was God. Their faith came from hearing, hearing the Word of God. That Word of God was Jesus Christ himself. So even though they may, mightn't have a great grasp of the Scriptures, They heard the word of God, which was Jesus, and they recognised Jesus had the power, and they recognised that He was the one who is healing, who had the authority from God. Chapter, uh, John one 8 says or John one fourteen says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh. Flesh. So the word is Jesus and it became flesh. And it was very much flesh for the uh, Gennacherids. Um, and they believed. They came. They came to Jesus. Unlike the Pharisees who searched the scriptures but would not come to Jesus. So faith is the antidote to hardening of our hearts. Faith is the antidote. And actually, I was reading about the, the, the heart disease, and, and apparently they have found out there's a way to stop people's heart getting physically hardened. They give them some... Something that you use for osteoporosis, you know, osteoporosis for your your bones, the deterioration of your. If you inject it, you inject it into the mice, and it stopped them getting hard hearts. The problem, the problem is, it only works before the heart is hardened. Okay, so they have to do it like in a pre, as a precaution, like you know, preventative rather than when the heart is hardened and then they inject the the antidote it doesn't work then and so we need to be careful that our hearts do not get so hard that we're no longer responsive to God's word so as i said the word of god in itself cannot Stop the hardening of our a heart. It's also the response. Hebrews chapter 4. is quite clear. What the issue was with the. With the Israelites. <clears throat> Therefore since a promise remains. Of entering his rest. Let us fear lest any of you seem. To have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them but the word which they heard did not profit them not being mixed with faith in those who heard it for we who have believed do enter that rest as he has said so I swore my wrath they shall not enter my rest goes on to say today if you will hear his voice do not harden your hearts And so, the challenge for me, and and, and say perhaps for many of us, is we can become overly familiar with God's Word. And I don't mean that we shouldn't read it and learn it, absolutely, but you can become so familiar with it that it becomes a book, a book of knowledge. That we read when we want to find out something. We know in Israel now at the moment there's so much going on, and we all want to know what's God's plan, like what's what does this mean in God's timeline, etc. And that's and that's good. You know, it's good to, to reference what's happening in the world with with, uh, with the word of God, with the scripture. But ultimately, ultimately, the word of God points to Jesus. The Word of God is about Jesus. And we need to come to Him. Why don't we? Why do we harden our hearts? There's many reasons. Disappointment. Disappointment. So we thought God was going to do something for us and and it doesn't work out. Life circumstances aren't what what we'd expected. And so we kind of harden our heart to God's Word. We don't Want to believe because, in case we're getting disappointed again, disillusionment maybe disillusionment with the church. Maybe we think, you know, this church, this the church I'm in, it's it's you know, it's so messed up and it's so faulty. And, and there's some people I don't like in the church and you know, I don't get on with. Hopefully, that's not the case. But you people have, have weaknesses, and we think, you know, is God, is God really working? here is he really working here and and then we we get disillusioned and we stop believing God's word that he does want to work through the church through faulty people discouragement perhaps we we were full of faith and somebody said some you know something to discourage us we don't want to discourage other people We need to watch our our lips need to encourage one another distraction we can even harden our hearts just through this. There's so many things to distract us. We think of the disciples. They got into the boat and they were rowing and they'd forgotten about what had happened. They didn't put their, uh, the two and two together. And disobedience. We think of Pharaoh, how he hardened his heart. Pharaoh hardened his heart uh, when Moses came to him and spoke to him. And then ultimately we see God actually hardening Pharaoh's heart. And we see with the nation of Israel, their disobedience chronicled throughout the Old Testament. So, we just need to, to watch our hearts. We need to respond to God. We need, when we come, Reading God's word, Scripture says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. For those who come to God must believe that he exists. I think we all believe that God exists. But the next part is that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do we believe that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? The testimony of Twen is amazing. The testimony of Twen is amazing. That she went through such hardship. And though even though many, many fell around beside her, she stayed faithful. You may be going through a storm at the moment. You may be about to enter one. I do believe, I genuinely believe, that um, as, as a body in Ireland, the, the church in Ireland is going to come under increased pressure. Excuse me. And while we may not have the same level of persecution, we are going to come under cre- increased pressure. And now is the time to keep our hearts softened. And ultimately, it is about coming to Jesus. Jesus whatever your situation, and by recognizing Jesus in that situation, recognizing that He is in that situation, whatever situation you're in now, do not harden your heart, but in faith believe what Jesus says. In this world you will have many troubles, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And yeah, I just believe we need to come when we're reading. We we love God's word. And it's great that we as a church, we love God's word. But we need to come to it, believing, reading it with our hearts open that he wants to speak to us. And he wants to speak to us about the situations that we're in. I know myself so often I would read the Word of God and it can be an academic exercise about knowledge and not really believing that God's going to speak to me. We need to come with a a soft heart believing that Jesus is here with us. He is dwelling in our hearts richly by faith by faith he is dwelling in our hearts and that as we read god's word it's not just for knowledge it is to come to jesus to come to jesus with whatever situation we are in or we may face is to come to jesus like a little child amen father I, i thank you just